This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one of a kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to pokernight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to Extra Time here on the Bet Rivers Network. How's it going? Hope you're all good. Uh, welcome back along to our Europa League show where we'll be looking ahead to the second legs of the semi-finals which are due to take place a little bit later on this week. Joining me to do so, uh, first up from stateside, uh, RJ is with us. RJ, how's it going? Hey, good morning. Good afternoon, gents. It's great to be here. I'm doing well. Um Love starting the week off talking talking some uh, some Europa with you both. So looking forward. Uh, Jack and I had good success last last time we linked up. So uh, hopefully that continues and we uh, close out the semis with some some profit. Indeed. Uh, also joining us, Jack Wright. Jack, how are you doing, my friend? Good to see you. Uh, good to see you too, uh, Harry. Yeah, very nice, very well indeed. Good to see RJ and uh, very much looking forward to talking about his favorite competition, the Europa League. Yep. We, I feel like we do this every time we talk <laughs> Europa League. We, we sort of highlight how maybe outside of Europe it's not seen in the same regard. But <laughs> hey, um, we'll, we'll leave that chat for this time. We'll park it. Um, let's start off by looking at the game uh, between Bayer Leverkusen and Roma. Uh, of course, uh, Roma won the first leg in Rome by a goal to nil. Very much master versus the apprentice, Jose Mourinho against Xavi Alonso who's uh, impressed during his time at Bayer Leverkusen so far. But RJ, what's tickled your fancy in this game? Yeah, so as I stated in, uh, I think it was last week, right, once we get deep into into these these rounds, uh, it gets challenging, and I kind of stepped outside the box, right, out of the comfort zone a little bit. I typically target goals. So I had to look, and I'm, I'm looking at a cards play here. So first leg, as you stated, Roma 1-0, heading back to Bay Arena. Uh, you know, both sides played on Sunday. So both sides played, you know, yesterday they finished with drawers. They had a couple stalemates. But when these teams met last week, right, there were zero cards in the first half. It was a relatively uneventful first half. And the second half picked up. It, it got it got a little chippy. There was seven cards in the second half. Right. So be because of that, that that runoff um, buyer desperate at home, I expect a chippy start. I think it's going to be what I'll call a feisty match, especially if Bayer can take the lead early, uh, which I can envision happening. Right, they're very they've been very strong at home. Uh, Bayer, Bayer Leverkusen are also without uh, midfielder Robert Andrick, uh, broken foot he suffered in this last match, as well as Odilon Cassono. Um, I believe I pronounced that somewhat accurately. He's a young defender from 
the Ivory Coast. So they they got two two losses from typically what are their 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 pieces to uh, to the starting eleven. So they'll be a little bit shorthanded, but. From a stat perspective, again, I, I tried to look at this from a stat perspective. Bayer Leverkusen averaged just around 5.2 cards per game at home. Roma averaged 5.2 on the road. The line was favorable, in my opinion, at 4.5. So the the play that I'm the official play that I'll be on here is Bayer versus Roma over 4.5 cards at minus 114. Good stuff. And and yeah, you know that Roma as well under Jose Mourinho uh, will probably look to apply some of those dark arts in the event yes. that they need to see the game out. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, it could be a really, really feisty encounter. Um, Jack, what, what have you gone for in this one as well? Um, I agree with RJ. The first half of the first leg was very uneventful. I actually considered turning it over uh, <laughs> to watch the Juventus-Sevilla game. And then it kind of sparked into life and I felt like I'd missed out. But how do you see the second leg going based on what we saw the first time around and, and based on how the markets are looking, what's appealed to you? Yeah, shocking accusation there. Uh, Jose Mourinho's side, dark arts. I don't, you must have him mistaken for someone else, Harry. I don't know what's going on there. Look, I'll be brutally honest. Um, RJ's beat me to the punch here. He swung a big right hook and he's took the, um, he's, he's took the cards market away from me. That was going to be my play, 100%. So I'm fully, fully supportive and behind him on this one. Over four and a half cards look a very attractive line, realistically, however this game goes. And Roma are a side that we know, you're right, I was jesting obviously earlier, they definitely know how to uh, um, perform the dark arts. We'll see some time management, shall we say, in this one. We'll see some professional fouling. Um, and if the result's not going their way, I'd imagine they'll get a little bit angry as well. So we'll see. Um, look, uh, it, we had one of our own referees, one of the UK refs, was it? it was Michael Oliver in charge um, in the first leg. And I think he tried to let things go. And then he just got to the point where he went, I've had enough of this. He's got proper angry and uh, ended up with, say, dishing out seven cards. So, yeah, I would would be very surprised if it's not following a very similar pattern to that um, throughout the for the game. Um, I've, I've put a, a selection forward myself. Um, I, I ain't gonna. I'm gonna hold hold my hands up here. Not that you can see it on a, on a podcast, but I have done. And uh, I'm I'm a big Jose Mourinho fan. I've been a Mourinho fan for a long time. I loved it when he came over to the Premier League. And um, was was um, yeah, just kind of loved his psyche. I've read a lot of books on him, his biographies, and uh, it's uh, always an interest in getting into the kind of the mind of, of especially when he was really on on his on his game. And um, well, I read a lot of the the uh, stuff from former players, Deco, and those types that were with him at Porto, saying how he just takes the pressure off teams of players and one game in particular when he was at Porto and he went to sport in Lisbon and he walked out into onto the pitch before any of the players did and all the focus was on him so I think we can see a similar thing coming into this leg this is this is Jose Mourinho all over and this is his kind of this is his template this is his textbook you know he's written the book on how to go into an away leg with a 1-0 win and come out and get through to the final we Obviously did it last season, uh, winning the Conference League with Roma. Um, we saw it in the first leg where he was waiting for Alonso. This big thing was being made about, say, Master versus Apprentice. And he was waiting for him. He was waiting for him to come out of the tunnel. And there there he was, ready with a big hug. And I don't, Alonso didn't have any choice but to go in with that. And I think that set the tone. And it kind of said, I'm in control of this situation. I'm in control of this tie. 
I'm the master, as you say, he's the apprentice. And uh, yeah, he was just putting his authority into it. And I can see much more of them, those kind of game playing from Mourinho. So I've actually gone with a, a double chance here, the tie or a Roma win at minus 120. That's the selection because I just he just knows how to get it done. I, I, this game is effectively a bit like light versus shade, good versus evil, isn't it? You know, the free-flowing football from Leverkusen under Alonso, attractive on the eye. Uh, the wing backs they play with are, are, are really exciting to watch. So a couple of markets I was looking at aren't available at this moment in time at time of recording because obviously we're recording on a Monday. This game's on a Thursday. So look out for some shop markets. Frimpong would be one that I'd keep an eye on if we, if we get a chance to take a, a play on him. He's a very, very attack-minded uh, wing back, more of a winger than anything else. But um, yeah, I think for Roma, this is a must not a must-win game, but they must win the tie because they, they need Champions League football to keep the progression going for Roma. Um, and it looks like that's going to be unlikely via their Serie A position. So this one will be a key for them to get the job done here. The league form has been pretty poor over the last few weeks. We get to that point where Mourinho's now thinking, right, these are the games I need to prioritise. Saying that, they've, they've drawn three of their last four in the league as well. So that would be enough here. The, a draw would be enough. And so there's only a, a, they take a one, one goal lead into this one. Um, and, and Bayer Leverkusen haven't been in the best form either. They had a sensational run through March. Uh, they were it's a great football to watch. They, I think they just struggle. A couple of key injuries in, in forward areas has just meant they're struggling to finish their chances. And I just worry that, that might be the issue here again, soaked up by Roma and just not quite get over the line. So, you know, they've no one in, no winning four. They lost the last home game as well to Cologne. So uh, for me, I think that, that that's um, my kind of tentative player, I'll be honest, is the is the the double chance on this one. But I've completely with uh, RJ. And a couple of players that I had earmarked for the cards, specifically Ibinez for uh, um, uh, plus 195. Roma looks like a walking yellow card most of the time. So four in 11 in this competition, um, nine and a red card in 31 in Serie A. So uh, I think that's one to keep an eye on if you want to go with a bit of an aggressive card play um, or even Roma over two and a half looks nice at minus 110. I was going to go down that route, but as I said, RJ beat me to the punch. So I thought I'd throw something a little different in as well. Sounds good. Uh, so just to summarise the plays on that game, uh, RJ's gone for over four and a half cards at minus 114 in the game between Bayer Leverkusen and AS Roma, who, of course, lead the tie by a goal to nil as it stands. And, of course, Jack has gone for Roma or the tie on the double chance at minus 121. Uh, elsewhere in the other semi-final, another Italian team in action, Juventus uh, taking on Sevilla. Now, of course, Sevilla were leading this game and they conceded a 97th minute equaliser, which was a bit of a kick in the teeth. Uh, RJ, what's um, what's your kind of outlook on this one uh, going into the second leg? Sevilla aside, steeped in Europa League uh, mm. prestige and history. I think you're on mute, RJ. I haven't got you. Uh, my yeah, that's a tough uh, that's a tough go for Sevilla in the uh, in the in the last part of that match. I was I was tuned in, and uh, yeah, they got to be pretty pretty upset about that. But but nonetheless, they they looked they looked the the better better overall in that match. Um, if you look at XG, which which I'm not an XG guy, it's honestly a stat I don't even consider. Even though I'm this a Nigel Cini in a snapback, RJ, come on. Oh, it is, it is you, it is you. <laughs> it's me, yeah. But, uh, you know, if you look at XG, what they stated was 
Uh, Sevilla had the better chances. They 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 certainly had the better opportunities. They they should have converted up to around two goals, where Juventus were just you know dominate possession, but necessarily uh, are lucky to come out with that draw, right? So Sevilla head home, as you said, Harry, right? The prestigious in the Europa side or in the Europa tournament. It's a it's a, it's an interesting match. They're slight favorites. Uh, they both played over the weekend. They both uh, had victories. Both kept clean sheets. Juventus saw Paul Pogba return immediately. Got hurt once again. He'll be out for at least another twenty days. Not really a big talking point because he hasn't really played much since twenty twenty two. So, uh, but just figured I'd mention that. Um, so what I'm looking at here is Sevilla to to. Um, Draw no bet, right? The the play is draw no bet. Sevilla minus one thirty. So essentially means if the if they were to come out of the this match in in, in regulation because it was a one one uh, draw in the first leg that they, this this push this bet would get uh, returned to you. Um, or if they win, you would win the bet, right? The only way this bet would lose is if they lose in regulation, which would uh, send Juventus to the to the final. And, you know, I got to say this pains me a little bit. I know I haven't really mentioned it much, but I do have some family in the Turin area. So uh, Juventus is a team that, you know, I've followed over the years. It's a team that I've always, always liked. I'm actually more of an inter guy myself, but uh, I'm going against some of, some of my roots here and I'm, I'm going with Sevilla. Um, Juventus have all uh, basically sorted out a champions league spot for next, next year's tournament uh, with their win over this, this past weekend. Uh, winners of four out of the Sevilla are winners of four out of their last five and Juventus on the road just over the last month or so have been, been rather inconsistent, although they did take care of uh, Napoli four nil, but, uh, they're just a side that I, I'm not going to call them, um, you know, inconsistent, but they're just a side that I, that, that truly, in my opinion, can't be trusted on the road. I think Sevilla at this moment are are slightly the better side. And because they're at home, I give them that slight edge. So that's simply why I went with draw no bet at, at minus one thirty. The only thing to be wary of when it comes to Juventus and their, uh, and their champions league hopes is that they still could be deducted points again. Uh, the league have given them the points back and they could take them back again, which is crazy. Wow. They might get deducted less or more. We don't know yet. So I, I would say that Juventus probably do need to win this competition for their own sake. But then yeah. who's to say UEFA won't ban them if they do get True. into it. It's, it's, it's such a mess. mess. It's such a mess. And also, RJ, your family are from Turin. You can't say you're an Inter man. I'm a rebel. What can I say, Harry? <laughs> you have to go to the States just to get that far away from his horse's heads everywhere. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brilliant stuff. Um, Jack, let's, let's come on to you uh, with this game. Um, as I mentioned, Juventus getting that late equaliser will probably galvanise them in this tie and, and maybe felt like a bit of a, a punch in the gut for Sevilla. Yeah, that that goal was so late. You had a chance to watch the other game, then flick it over and still see it. So that was a good one for you. But um, yeah, like me and RJ are really not only on the same hymn sheet here for the Europa League picks. We effectively wrote the hymn together. That's how kind of tied we in are here. So I've um, I've gone for a similar style bet here. Uh, I've gone for Ze- Sevilla on the double chance. So uh, either a Sevilla win and a tie or a tie, and over one and a half goals. 
and I really like the look of this game. This has got really grabbed my um, imagination and attention, uh, having lots of dug into it again. Um, and it's basically down to the like the manager side of things. But that first leg, yeah, I feel quickly touch on that. I, thought, I was very impressed how Sevilla pressed all over the pitch. They were really aggressive against Juventus. Um, I, I thought by far the better side in the first half. Another game that they probably could and should have been further ahead than they were. Second half, they they completely took the foot off the pedal. They they decided that they were just going to run the clock down. I was going to use another terminology that we have here in England, but um, it's before the watershed. So I'll just go. They tried to run the clock down. Um, and as you rightly say, Sevilla are the, the Europa League team. They They might as well just put them in the final and let everyone else try and meet them there. That's kind of how they go about things. And do you know what? A, quick, a key indicator was just to see how... Obviously, it's a very, very late goal. But what that goal meant to Juventus, they knew they'd been in a tough, tough game against Sevilla. And they were so happy to have got that late goal to take back to Spain and uh, give them, a say, a foothold in the tie. So, Sevilla, pretty much formidable form at home. Just two defeats in their last 13. And the standout result in those games would have been the 3-0 victory at home to Manchester United in the Europa League previously. So, it's been a bit of a mess for them this season, hasn't it? Lopetegui was the man in in charge at the start of the campaign. Uh, he was gone by October with um, Sampioli coming back, uh, a former favourite, an absolute legend of, of Sevilla. Everyone thought that would be the the catalyst for them to then progress up the league. Absolutely not. Got got hammered for his too complicated tactics. He's tweaking things a little bit too much. I don't know if um, people had seen it, but. Uh, all came to a head against Osasuna. Oliver Torres was given a tactical sheet from uh, Sampioli and Marcus Acuna came over, snatched it out of his hand, screwed it up and threw it on the pitch. And I think that at that moment in time, it's it's game over, isn't it? So where did they go from there? Well, they went to Jose Luis Mendilabor, uh, not overly familiar name, I don't think, within the, the realms of uh, Spanish football, outside of Spanish football. Um, March, he took over and um, most famously known, I think, for the fact that he kept Ivar in La Liga for six seasons on an absolute shoestring budget. And I have seen him likened to uh, the, the Spanish Sam Allardyce, is what I've, uh, I've been, been told, which is an interesting comparison. Take that how you want, whether that's a massive compliment or not, but we'll see. But um, Again, he was, he's been described as the most back-to-basics Spanish coach there is. So, interesting, in his press conference when he took over the club, he said the idea is to play more simple football. Simple as that. Um, and he said if you play simple football, it's more difficult to make mistakes. That's the, basically how he's gone about turning their season around. Very pragmatic, knows exactly what he wants, and he took them over when they were just two points clear of the drop. He's now got them up to 10th in the table, um, not only 13 points clear of the relegation zone, so very much safe now, but they're only one point off seventh and therefore a Euro- um, European qualification place again. But I think certainly they'd have their eyes set on the main prize here, win the Europa League, get into the Champions League that way. And it's not even confirmed at this moment in time he'll still be there for next season. But if he does that, then he certainly will be um, I think the goal in his first game in charge has kind of highlighted a, a pretty much how they like to play. It was a 60-yard free kick, launched long, a flick on, and then uh, the strike has gone through and uh, effectively slotted at home. So very much a, a route one. But it was described 
by the, the, the Sevilla newspaper, Diario de Sevilla, as poetry. And they were so happy with the fact that he'd gone from what they had and how they were struggling and said, we can show that you actually play a, can play another type of football and be successful. So expect them to push high here, press, play forward quickly, play with lots of width as well. They've got some great technical players as well. They've got Rakitic still in the side. They've got Akompas still in the side. And Naziri's there as well, who's, uh, who scored that goal like I mentioned a little while ago. Um, and uh, I think, as we said, they absolutely tore into Manchester United. They didn't give them a moment's breath uh, at all. And uh, Man United didn't know hit him. 90 minutes of just complete and utter high-octane action from Sevilla. And uh, look, they showed the resilience at Old Trafford. They came from two down to get a 2-2 draw. And then in that second leg, uh, a 3-0 win, which kind of obliterated uh, Man United there. So I think they'll fancy their chances against Juventus. Uh, Juventus not had a great away record in Europe this season. Two wins in six, that's all, in, in across the two European competitions they competed in. They lost all three of their Champions League group stages. Yes, against PSG, you can say is you know that's not a, not a, not a disgrace. Also lost to Benfica. But the main one that stands out is the defeat to Maccabi Haifa, which... Wouldn't mm. gone down well in Turin. I uh, say so the horses' heads would have been out then, that's for sure. Um, and they drew with Sporting in the quarterfinals of this uh, competition as well, away. Um, so not great form. Only one win in the last six across all competitions, losing the last three on the road. So I think Sevilla will certainly be pumped up for this. The, the crowd will be absolutely buzzing. And I say they've bought into this manager in a big way. And uh, they say the players and the crowd seem to be onside and they've got their eye on that trophy. They say they're Europa League. So I'm taking this here as the double chance. And I uh, say expect um, of the games that Sevilla have had, they've only lost, say, two of those 13 at home. One defeat in 11 under this manager and only one of those 11 games has seen under one and a half goals. So it all adds up for me here that they're putting those two together, the double chance and the uh, over one and a half. And remember that is as... Um, RJ says in regulation time, so in 90 minutes. Um, that so if it ends as a 1 1 draw here, we'd get the win regardless of what happens in extra time. Um, minus 130 the odds, yeah, happy to take that on board. Brilliant stuff. Let's summarize then uh, those two picks uh, from that clash between Sevilla and Juventus. Uh, RJ's gone for Sevilla on the draw, no bet at minus 130, and Jack has gone for Sevilla. Uh, on the double chance, plus over one and a half goals at minus 132. Uh, Thank you guys for your insight, as always, for your fantastic picks. Make sure that you follow us at Because We Win across all the multiple platforms. Make sure you're subscribed to the Bet Rivers Network. And if you're listening to us on your preferred podcast provider, well, then please do leave us a review as well. We'll be back very, very soon with more. Until next time, take care of yourselves. All the best. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network. 